On today's episode, Dave interviews actor Eddie Jemison. Eddie was in Oceans 11, 12, and 13. He's a regular on Hung, was in Six Feet Under, and he co-wrote and co-directed the film King of the Herrings. I'm Ian Foley, this is ADD Comedy. I know. So, you know, he is, he's, uh, Carell's a great guy. And he's, it's so interesting because you look at him on stage and you say, you look at him on screen and you go, he's really outgoing, but he's not. No, he's not. No. I mean, I don't know him. He's yeah. shy. He's shy. He, he, you know, he'll come up to you and he'll, I mean, at that time, but who knows what people are now. I haven't spoken to him except at public events in a while. And it was just so, it's so great to, to see those guys. So many actors are shy mm-hmm. or performers. Are, I mean, how can you be shy and do Second City of all things? <laughs> That's really true. Um, let's My see. wife is a really talented actor. Mm-hmm. And she's really super shy too. Is she working? No. Mm-hmm. She's in the movie. She's in the movie. Who's she in the movie? She's the woman, the girl. Which woman? The girl, the sister, or the the, the other one? The she's Mary. She's Mary. The main she, she's one. She's Mary. That's, oh, that's your wife, Laura. Have you never met her? I don't think I have. You gotta. She's she's isn't gorgeous. she great? And she's so great. She's so she's so shy. How can people see this? Okay, so we just got into. Uh, New Orleans Film Festival and Louisville Film Festival. If you didn't get to New Orleans Film Festival, something would have been very wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for saying that. It's been really hard to get into festivals. What did you learn about this? Like the movie, so this movie is 81 minutes and it flies, man. This thing fucking flies. Really? Well, it it does. There's. there's, I thought for sure it was slow. Well, there's at least the first 20 minutes. Well, well, but it seems intentional. And I know that I the last time I had a conversation like this was with. uh, uh, when Joel Murray was here, and we were talking about God Bless America. Did you see that? Movie? I didn't know. Oh, it's so good, Eddie. It's so. It's another movie that's heard relentless. Uh, Bobcat Goldthwait directed it and wrote it, and it is a relentlessly don't have your, don't watch it with your family, um, but it's relentless. And so, so your film is black and white, <laughs> and so that takes, you know, for that takes something to go. Oh man, it's a black and white movie. How awesome is that? And then that one scene in the diner that the first two shot at the diner that just went on and on. It was yeah, a yeah, long yeah. take. Yeah, it's one take, yeah. It's one take, but the patience that you have with that. Yeah. And That's why I thought maybe uh, you would think it was slow at first, or, or a lot of people would. No. Just no. that alone, you well, know. Well, not just that. It's not about the patience. And you don't know also, what it's about at first. But what movie do you know what it's about? What book do you know that it's about at the beginning? Like of the, the poster movie? nowadays. I feel like you know what the movie's about as soon as you see the poster. Um, yeah, yeah, if there's guns in it, you know, but if it's somebody sitting at a train station waiting on a bench, you go, Well, yeah, you, what, is this, no about? what yeah. is this about? Yeah. Or two guys sitting around. Oh, no, no, wait, what are you talking about? The beginning scene where you guys, that's the beginning scene. Where you're all, are you fucking kidding me? Everybody's sitting around playing the poker game. Yeah, you know, yeah, that yeah. Poker game. That, how could that be slow? Okay, cool. I'm glad. And do I remember it in color or did I just put No, it was black and white. It was yeah. black and white. Okay, yeah, the I just whole thing. That scene for some reason. And um, what's his name? Um, Thanks for watching she, it. Oh my God, I loved it. I really, so nice really of loved you. it. I loved it. And I watched it at two o'clock in the morning last night. So it was like, so well, the guy, Jer- uh, Jeremy? No. Uh, what's oh. his name? Oh, Leon. Yeah, the, Leon. But what's what's the actor's name? Wayne Prey. Wayne Wayne Prey. Yeah. Um, the characters there. That's so off-putting. That pulls you in. The violence. Because he's got the, the neck thing. Yeah, he's talking the neck thing oh. and the and the, the air hole, the stoma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, the microphone. The microphone. But it was also the the potential for violence in that movie. And nobody ever gets violent, but it's always at the edge of that. Yeah, that that's true. Like it's always threatening. It's threatening. But they're too um they're not brave enough to actually do much about it. No, but they the just think talkers. And yet you go, we know people like well, if certainly in films you know people like that and in fiction you know people like that who who you go are talkers and you're waiting for them to blow. You're waiting for this day to be the day that they fucking blow. Yeah. And, and yes. And, and and the people that I saw like that were the people around Simons mm-hmm. uh, on Clark Street. Right. Like Right. In these, the old days. Yeah, in the right. old days. These guys that you kind of don't know what their jobs are. No. There was Wigman who wore a wig over his real hair. 
There was, there was uh, the co- there was Slim, who you know, this tall, thin guy with a cowboy hat, and they weren't homeless. They mm. had homes, right? But you didn't know what they did, and they seem they they seem to play out these things on the street. These emotional, they would yell at each other, get mad at each other. They were friends, but they. Be yelling across Clark Street. Was that, the, was that the inspiration for you to do that? Yes. So Simon's on Clark, like the, the relationship that yeah. you saw there. Yeah, and, and you know the diner, Augie's? Yes. That's Augie's. Oh. Do you remember that diner? Oh, yes, I do. That's Augie's. Augie's, which was on uh, uh, Clark Street. Was it on Clark? Right next to Kopi or two. two Oh, wait, right. The Greek diner. Oh, that's right. That's not All there the guys anymore. that right. went there and drank endless cups of coffee and you know what the fuck they did with their day. Right. I those tried guys. to eat there. I tried to I tried to eat there once. It was like I can't eat here. I can't eat here. But those that all that shit's over, Eddie. It's all over in that neighborhood. I think I wonder where they went. All these people. That's what I think too. They must have gone somewhere. Well, I I was working at a camera store. I was working at General Camera. I was selling cameras after I graduated college. Uh, remember camera stores and there was um a neighborhood that we were at, which is Six Corners, which is Cicero, Irving Park, and Milwaukee. Yeah. And that that was just a Polish, Polish neighborhood. And I took, I would go out and take pictures of people at, at lunch. I would g- grab the cameras and just try the cameras out and take pictures of people who didn't know I was taking pictures of them. And I ran across them uh, earlier this year, the photos, and they're all slides. And I'm like, all these people are gone. That type of person is gone. That babushka lady is gone. That guy who has just walks around in a trench coat with a with a with a uh, with a baseball hat on and a bag, a jewel bag, is gone. Like all those characters, <laughs> and they weren't homeless. No, these are the guys that are in like say, uh, American Buffalo. Right. Those guys that when I first moved to Chicago, they were they were everywhere. Right. And I, I guess you're right. I haven't been in a while. But if they're not there, well, of course they're not there. I remember, look, when I first moved to Chicago, I lived around, you know the Melrose Diner on yeah. Broadway and Melrose? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I lived right next door mm-hmm. in, a, in a place where a greasy little apartment with a bathroom down the hall that I shared with an Appalachian family next to me. And I took baths in a tub with the rest of those people. <laughs> that place is for sure... It's got to be a condominium right now. Got to be three hundred fifty thousand dollars. So, do these people still exist? I, that's the big question. Do they exist? They must exist, and 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 I feel so weird saying it because it's like, well, I don't see them. Where must they have gone? I don't see them, but you've got the. They were important to me. Mm-hmm. I feel like, uh, yeah, I, I like those guys. I like those guys too. I, I felt like they were. I was an interloper in their neighborhood. Right. And I felt bad for them, and I felt like they were real, and I, I was an actor, which right. is different. Right. So I, I, I want those guys to exist somewhere. <laughs> I, well, I think the equivalent of them live here in L.A., and I think that they live all around this neighborhood. Yeah, I see, them, I see them here. They live here. They live, but I don't, I don't know cities here. I, I have my own little... You're in, you're in Studio City? Yeah. I only know that because there was a picture of you with your daughter. It's like, why the fuck is somebody taking a picture of you walking with your daughter? I have no idea. It was a baby, cele- celebrity's baby picture. I was like, your daughter's gorgeous. And it's like, I have no business looking at that. <laughs> well, Daisy would love it. She'd be like, oh, I was spotted. She's, she's oh, so cute. She is cute. She she is, but but that's such a weird thing for you to go, for me to go. I didn't even know that you know that that is out there. That must have been some kind of mistake. Do you know what I mean? Uh, it I, describes who you are, what movie you're in, what's going on, and it says it. It's very weird. I can't imagine many people whoever would see that would know who I was and want to see my daughter. <laughs> right. right. I could see why they'd want to see like Matt Damon with his daughter. Right. I mean, I, I could see that. Right. Right? That's, that's just a little bit of a mistake, I think. A mistake in what way? Well, I just don't, I can't imagine anyone be interested in that. Uh-huh. I, I mean, you know, just to be honest. I think that's really weird, too. And not because... It is weird. It, it, it's because you're not Matt Damon. No, exactly. And how do... How does somebody like that... Uh, I, I can't watch that stuff. I just can't. I what don't, stuff? The TMZ and all yeah, that. Yeah, I don't watch that. What do you watch? Hardly anything. Me too. Do you watch anything? Uh, Would you I, one kid or two kids? Two. Two. 
I watched Breaking Bad. Uh huh. I watched Mad Men. Right. And documentaries. Right. That's it. I mean, I wish I, I my tastes were. You wish your tastes were. A grander, you know, or, you really? or more hip. Do you really? Well, I, I, no. Wouldn't they, wouldn't they if they were? <laughs> I mean, really, I'm really. the kind of guy. I didn't have a TV for years in Chicago. My my parents made me buy, get one. They bought me one and said, you my. need a TV. That's just wrong. It, it was the same thing to you? Same thing. Keep going. Keep going. Because the same thing with me. It bothered them that I didn't have a they TV. They gave me a TV. I was, and yeah. I remember two other people were like, why do we have a TV? Did you and watch we it? we put it up on a break front. <laughs> were you in our house? I don't know if you ever were at our apartment. Al and Rhonda in my apartment in... Uh, in like in, in, Andersonville? in Andersonville and we had a break front and we had a little black and white TV perched on top and the way that we'd watch TV is we'd stand there and watch it because none of us wanted to commit to the fucking TV <laughs> <laughs> we would sit there and watch TV that way and it's like why you know what are we gonna, and then I bought a TV it's like that changed everything um, so you don't watch a lot of TV now? I don't now I mean the first you know I, I'll watch movies um, is it do you think you don't watch TV because uh, you have too much to do? I think I don't watch TV because I do I do things that I I I will sit there and I will read I will sit on online and read online. I will do that. I will spend my time just reading and checking out stuff. Yeah. And then this TV is how many feet? Fifteen feet away from there. Yeah. I just can't sit here and watch it. That's why I feel. I, I, tell me if you feel this way. Well, and, and I'm not trying to be a snob, honestly. Mm-hmm. But if I put almost on almost anything, I feel like oh, I'm watching a show. I'm watching a TV show, and every TV show has its uh, formula that I've seen before. And I can't make it through unless I really invest. Mm-hmm. And then I can then it'll all fall away, and then I can get into it. But for me to sort of do all that forgiving, right? I don't have the I don't have the energy. You don't have the energy, you don't have the desire. I mean, yeah. that's that sitcom. And I'm looking at the life that you have and the output that you've given, and none of that matches that two and a half men, none of that matches two broke girls, none of that matches. You, you, the, uh, what you do isn't that. I feel the same way about all those dramas, too. Right. But you've done some of Every dramas, procedural, every... Right. Well, you but know, you, guest stars and stuff. Yeah, right. Oh, but... Watching you on Hung was a fucking awesome part. That was, character was so fucking great. It was good. It was really good. There was um, there was a writer on that staff that that really kind of took care of that character. Mm-hmm. One writer taking care of that character, or taking care of other characters in that character. I don't know. All I know is that um, there was this one. All the great stuff I had came from this one. Voice, this one guy. <laughs> Who's that guy? Uh, put you on the spot. No, no, no. We can um, it in post, like we do. Brett post. C. Leonard mm-hmm. was the, was the writer, mm-hmm. and Brett C. Leonard, he uh, he would tell me, he's like, "Don't worry, I I I, I got you, I got you." <laughs> and then he would give me this great stuff. I'd be it falling was... apart, and I would be. I was always falling apart. I love how falling apart you were, and I love the <laughs> dynamic of of, uh, of you and um, oh, I forget, what's her name, your wife, right? Your, your wife in the part. Oh God, who's my wife? I, I'm so terrible. This is a major star. I can't even think of anybody. <laughs> <laughs> Married to Ellen. Oh, uh, we're, we're in a relationship with Ellen. Yes, uh, and she has a short name, Dutch mm-hmm. Perk. <laughs> <laughs> It'll come to me. It'll come. It I'm so happen. nervous, by the way. To do this? Yeah, yeah. So you don't do many of these? No, this is the only one I've ever done. Oh, I'm so excited about that. Because I, I, I always think I've done 87 of these in, since October, last October. So how long did that take? Oh, I just... Since October. Yeah, yeah, I've done 87 since so October. So what do you do? 87, that's like... I've done 87 of these. How many is that a week? Um, it comes out to two a week and three a week and sometimes one a week and there's also been times where I've gone to Chicago and did five in a, in a week or six in a week. And what are the good ones? What are the ones I like that um, you really enjoy the most? I love Mo Collins. I don't know if you know Mo. Do you know Mo? She's on um, 
Mo is on uh, a Ma a Mad TV. She's an actress, character actress, and the shit that she shared with her with us, just in regards to her cancer and her life and her divorce and her kids. And I'm watching this woman be this fucking force of nature. Mm -hmm. Or Susan Messing. Do you remember Susan? From yeah, Chicago? of course I do. Yeah, Susan from Annoyance. Right, right, and Susan, another force of nature. But there's also somebody like Carl Gottlieb, who. You know who Carl Gottlieb is? No. Okay, that's fine. I feel bad. It's fine, Eddie. Listen, neither did I. But <laughs> this guy wrote this movie called um, Jaws. Yeah, I've heard of that. Right, and he was in this group called The Committee, which started, which was, uh, you know, a seminal acting. Uh, oh, The Committee. The yeah. Committee. He was in The Committee. He was also wrote this movie called The Jerk. Yeah, heard of it. Right? He wrote that fucking movie. He also wrote uh, two autobi. He wrote with David Crosby two autobiographies. Really? With David Crosby. Wow. And he could not stop telling fucking stories. Edie McClurg couldn't stop telling stories. But when you're sitting in that chair, this isn't about anything other than, uh, how's it going? You know what I mean? Yeah, no. I know, but, but if you have cancer, it's all, you got a lot to talk about. <laughs> it's not fair. Lot, you do. Have I haven't lot. written Jaws. <laughs> I don't have cancer. <laughs> I, uh, I love the, the, I listened to several of the, the, only a couple, but I, I love what David Pasquese and you guys are talking about. I, right. I remember he said something about, you guys both are talking about how in, in acting you sort of have to um, not work so hard and how difficult, how hard, I, I was thinking how hard I have to work to make myself not work so hard. Right. Oh my like, God, that's so awesome. That takes everything in me at any audition, at any job, to let myself um, get out of my own way, like Paul Sills used to say. Right, right. Did you have? And somebody, you guys talked about that. Did you have somebody say that to you? Paul Sills said it to you. You know what I mean? But Paul, people have worked with Paul Sills. But did somebody say? Because somebody said don't to work me, so hard. To, somebody said to me. No. Actually, said to my agent, uh, David thinks he's still uh, uh, performing on main stage. Like that idea of working so hard, working, being a, being a stage actor. Did that crush you? In. What's that? Did that crush you? It crushed me. It that crushed would... me. It crushed me, but it was like, oh, that totally makes sense. But then you go, how do I learn that? And do you feel like you did? I do feel like I did. I do feel like I did. I feel like I'm still trying to learn that. You're not trying to learn it. You're learning it. Learning yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. I, it just makes me mad that it's been so, like that, you would think at this time in our, both our lives that we would have some, have it down. <laughs> and I guess it's exciting that we don't. I know, because it keeps you going all the time. Yeah, but it doesn't interest me like it once did. Like, what I, doesn't interest you? The craft of acting. You know, mm -hmm. at one time it was so fascinating to me. And now it's just like, fuck, I got to do this just so I don't, I don't embarrass myself. You I got to do, do all this so work. You don't, you don't have to do what? Be so thoughtful, so conscious all the time. Uh -huh. So on my toes. Right. Just to let myself relax. Isn't it awesome to work? I'm just going to leave it yes. like that. You know, so in that way, something's happening where you're given the opportunity over and over and over to keep looking at that, to keep, to keep um, that practice up of saying, okay, got to chill out. Do you watch yourself? No. Did you, you must I watch mean, it. I have, but. You must have watched I, the dailies. I don't like you, to. you directed that as well, right? You co-directed that. Oh, King yeah. Americans. No, I didn't watch it till it was all done. You didn't? No, 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 no. I didn't have time. Well, we had 14 days to do it. All. Your co-director was Sean. Yeah, Sean Richardson. Sean, Sean. So he looked at the dailies. No, he he may have looked a little at. Them. Was he a DP too? Yeah, he was the. He DP. was the DP on that. Yeah, too. definitely. Okay. Yeah, he shot it all. Beautiful fucking movie. Really Thanks well so shot. Much. But I was I'm look, so glad you liked it. Uh, but you also have that. You've got. The way you've got those characters, and this is one of the things about your about the film King of the Herrings, is everyone in that movie looks like someone I would see at Six Corners in Chicago. You know, yeah. everyone in that movie looks like those people. Well, you know, that's that's that that that's because all those guys are real. They're character actors, and mm -hmm. and there's nobody there that's too good looking except for Laura. <laughs> right. And and well and <laughs> right. and. And uh, Evie. Um, Evie was her, it was the woman, the character that played Andrea Madison. Frankel is her the actress's name. Uh -huh. So they're both are attractive, but right. I'm tired of attractive people. That's one of the things that why I can't watch TV is I, 
Hitch. 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 Ditch. No, 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 not ditch. I'm talking. I'm still back. I'm back at the 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 the, the woman who. Anne Hesh. Hesh. Anne Hesh. <laughs> well, you see, it's the same same theory. If you just let go. Right. Exactly. Right. It'll come to you. Right. It's there. You right. just gotta let it go. You gotta. But let it how go. many fucking times? Who's there to tell you that? Right. See, I feel like you gotta jump on me in that. In that, being an improvisational actor. Being in improv, which right. is something I've never done. It seems like that would, it would come so much more naturally to you. It, it all depends, it I think, to. on your training. And to be at Second City, one of the things that you realized was the less you push something, the more real it became. Mm-hmm. So you were really at that moment. Because some of the actors that I see out here that are playing huge characters, because I, I guess they're trained to go, if you're large, someone could grab onto what you're doing. Yeah. But if you're large, someone grabs onto what, if you're really large, there's only a few things that you're doing. Yeah. I'm sorry. Okay, so I'll give you an example. If I run into this room and I go, hey, everybody, the chicken man's coming. Look, everybody, the chicken man's coming. And, you know, everybody's like, who the fuck is this crazy guy? Right. But if I walk into the room and go, hey, everybody, <laughs> the chicken man's coming. <laughs> um, the chicken man's coming. You see those two sides? Yeah, I It's so it. much easier when you pull it all the fuck back. Back. It's like two different chicken men too. The first chicken man, you just get out of his way and he'll leave you alone. The second chicken, chicken man's gonna fuck with you. Exactly. I might be interested. Chicken man's coming. Co- I might want to talk to the chicken man. <laughs> <laughs> right. 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 I might want to. I might want to talk to that guy to be able to go. Hey, why is everybody scared of you? Or why do you get an announcement every time you walk in the room? <laughs> I love your feathers. Right. Exactly. Oh my god. <laughs> But, you, but there's another thing that goes along with, with sometimes the gig asks you to be larger than you are. Sure. You know? If it's, if it, yeah, that's great too. Right. Whatever, that's the thing, it's the fluidity of, of, of the spontaneity of it too, mm-hmm. that anything goes, and that's why I have a problem with the TV thing. It's like only a few things go. Only a few things are allowed. Right. Whereas in, in what you do, right. Or, Anything goes at any moment, and whatever works, works. And abs- something could be real. It could also be absurd. Right. It could be both at the same time. Right. I mean, that's what I kind of but like about theater, about movies, about well, anything. How many times did it, when, when was the last time you did a play? When I met Laura in Chicago um, in like 2000, the, the year I moved here, was the last time I did a play. Was that dumb? Chicago Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. So a long time ago. Right. So that's because there's a difference between what you're saying. Like what I do is art, and what you're doing, or that what that TV is, is commerce. Yeah, I'm not and trying so, to say that. No, because I I'm think saying, that's art too. But more like there are different kinds of art, yes. and one I prefer than the other. Yes. Like what, I think what you guys do is ah, it's such a terrible analogy, but it's more like jazz. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that's more like pop. Yes. But I like pop songs. I, I don't like, know why I don't like pop TV. That's really interesting. I should. Pop TV is a really great phrase. Um, I, would, I will watch a little of that pop TV. God, that's such a good phrase. I will watch a little of the pop TV, and then after a while I tire of it. I tired of 30 Rock. Because there's no chicken man. There's no chicken man. There's no subtle chicken man. There's the first chicken man. And so I look at Tracy Morgan in 30 Rock and go, okay, at one time he was like, hey, everybody, the chicken man's coming. And then after a while it became, hey, everybody, the chicken man's coming. And it's like, what happened to the first chicken man announcer? Not the second chicken man heralder. Because that's like, everybody, the chicken man's coming. I'm going, uh-uh, that's not working for me. And then I go, okay, I'm done with the show. And I got a lot more room on my DVR. <laughs> you know, I have so much more room on that. But you're doing. I want to go back to the to the movie just I'm for a second crying. because it's just man. so. I love the chicken man. I so do much. love the chicken man. I wish he would. He really would come. <laughs> he, he, All this I'm, announcing and <laughs> right, he's not look, even we coming. We keep looking at the door, going. <laughs> it's not fair. Come at any moment, that chicken man. <laughs> the door is open, and then there's a door. He, yeah. The back door is open. At too. least he's got. And he's got. If he needs to come, he's got <laughs> exactly. a way in. It's like uh, a Jewish holidays where you have. <laughs> yeah, Elijah sure, Elijah. Sitting and going. All right. Okay. <laughs> uh, how long did it take you to do your movie? And uh, the reason I'm asking that is. Is this the? It's the idea of. Uh, I keep looking to see what our, our, and our time is going. I, I'm I'm new at this device here. 
Oh, does it only have certain, can it no, only No, no, uh, there's somebody, there used to be somebody that would do this, and now I'm taking care of the doing okay. this. So it's like, um, and the reason I'm asking like how long, because there's this, the idea of being a parent, having two kids, being married, having a career, and then having time to sit and write a movie. Yeah. Well, it was easy though, because I, I, I'm in this class, this acting class for the last 10 years. Oh, really? And there's no teacher. Carol Gutierrez was the teacher. Uh-huh. And then she, she had to go back to Chicago. So for 10 years, we've had no teacher. And anything goes in this class. There's some dudes do uh, magic. Uh, there's a, one guy has done um, ventriloquism. Uh-huh. There's a, I, I write songs. A couple people do. Gus uh-huh. Bachtenica. Anyway, oh gosh. So I, I, yeah, you Gus. You every about, week, every Wednesday. I said hello. I don't know if you I remember will. me, but I just I always loved Gus. He's the best. He's the best. Oh, I look at so many people like that and I go, you I should come to our class. I, I would love to come to your class. We'll talk about it afterwards. So uh, you know, so, I just wrote a scene for class for uh, Scott Lowell to yes. be in it. Oh, and everyone liked it, so I just wrote one every I week. Love Scott Lowell. So it was easy, one okay, a week. Right. And he was supposed to be ditched, but he dropped out of class, so. I was like, I'll do it, and but that's that's how it was easy to do. How you can still have a life and still do it, right? Because Just you're not one looking, scene a, a week. See, that's the whole thing where you're not. And there's looking only twelve at, scenes. It's they're all long scenes. There's only twelve scenes in that movie. Well, I mean, I say twelve. It could be more, but but there's also shots. When you say scenes, you're 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 talking about uh, the shot in the in the bedroom uh, where the professor is wants to make out with Mary. Is yeah. that a scene? Is that whole thing a scene? That's one scene. That's one scene. But like most movies, they've got, I don't know, what, 50, 60? It seems like it. 100? Right, and right. And this has got in less than 20. Right. So that it's, makes it easier. There's another thing in that movie that, you, that I really loved, and, and it goes to the idea, it goes back to, uh, let me, while I'm talking about this, is how can people see this movie? Because I hate talking about a movie and then going, I don't know. What, where they did... can't at the moment uh-huh. unless they're in New Orleans uh-huh. in October mm-hmm. or Louisville in October. Uh-huh. At the moment. I'm huge in Louisville. <laughs> you are. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Hopefully we'll get it. I'm doing a screening here in L.A. Uh-huh. I want to do one at the New Beverly. Yes. So yes. hopefully then. But until then. Until then, let's just talk go about Go to this. the website. You know what? If they go to the website... King of Herrings, the movie. Right. King of Herrings, the movie. As opposed to, will, there was another King of Herrings? There's a King of Herrings website, which I have yet to explore, but it's all about herrings. <laughs> it's all about this, this fish called the oarfish, which Spell is it. O-A-R-F-I-S-H, uh-huh. which is known as the King of Herrings in the biological world. There was the a picture marine of three world. guys holding, yes. is that it? Yes, like three, This is a huge fish that maybe is 12 feet long. Yeah, really like hideous fish. Fish? Yeah. yeah. Okay. The King of Herrings. That is... So this is King of Herrings, the movie. <laughs> right. <laughs> the movie. Um, so so they, they can look at the website and right. then they'll see what's coming up. Okay. Because so, they're just getting started. Great. And just looking at... at okay, so the dynamics of your... Uh, the dynamics of a good movie... This is what I, I look at. The dynamics of a good movie is dynamic. It's elements pushing up against each other and it's tension and the scene where like always knowing that ditch could come in at any time and, nice. and interrupt this thing the scene with the guy with the th- who who had uh throat microphone yeah, yeah, yeah throat cancer. throat cancer and he needed the microphone to talk and you're going that's that taken away that might be taken away at any moment so there's oh, good. these you objects that, that are taken away and there's 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 just an ex- there's a just there's so much fucking going on. And for you to say, I thought it was slow, one might think it's slow. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. I didn't take that. Again, I keep thinking about it because I had just seen it. I'm so glad. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad you feel that way. Mm-hmm. To me, it was not slow, but I just assume for other people that don't have my taste. Like, right. I like, like, I like 70s movies, yes. you know, movies I saw. And we all did on TV when we were kids. Right. I, my dad, you know. Right. Sitting there. Like what all movie? these slow what movies. Movie? I don't know. Last Picture Show. Right. Um, uh, right. You know what I mean? Right. These kind of they take their time. They shoot horses, don't they? Have you seen that movie? No. That was a, a movie I always meant to see. Even as a kid, it would come on. I'd be like, Oh, Friday, they're going to show that. It right. was such a great title. Oh. And I remember um, it was set in the 
depression. It was set in the depression. It, it, it's a dance Dan marathon. marathon dancers. Dance marathon dance. I think Jane Fonda is in it. I wanted to and, see that. And uh, Rip, not not the gay Rip Torn. Rip Torn. Rip Taylor. Rip Torn. Rip Taylor. One of those guys. No, uh -huh. Gig Young. Gig Young, who ended up shooting his girlfriend himself and his and himself. But Gig Young's in it. He's like, hello, oh yay, oh yay, oh yay. And he was relentless, and this movie is great. And uh, Chris Sarandon's in it, I want to say. Anyway, really? doesn't matter. It It's one of those movies that are slow movies that you couldn't fucking get away with now. Yeah. And maybe you shouldn't. I don't know. Maybe you shouldn't. If but you want to do your movie, do my, your movie. Yeah, it is to my taste. Right. Anyway. But you, Just like... Like, uh, you guys are talking about long-form improv, right, you know? Right, right. I would rather see that than something quick and snappy and jokey. And I, I want people to make their points, you know? Right. You want, uh, for me, I want to watch somebody evolve. And so with a sitcom, yeah. there's no evolution. Mm -hmm. This is what I think. I think Gilligan's Island is... <laughs> Four episodes. <laughs> In real life, Gilligan's Island is four episodes. Okay, the first episode is a three-hour tour, and they go and they get stranded on the island and they're stuck on the island. The second episode <laughs> Are you going to go through all four? Well, the, okay, the second episode <laughs> is they're on the island, somebody tries to rescue them, and Gilligan fucks up and they're not rescued. Right. The third episode is they're still on the island, somebody tries to rescue them, Gilligan fucks up, and they're not rescued. <laughs> the fourth episode is everybody wakes up before Gilligan wakes up, and they all do a, um, um, what's the movie, uh, Orient Express? Oh, um, sure, yeah. Know, where they just take, t take turns stabbing him and clubbing him and shooting him and strangling him and killing him so that when they do come to rescue them, they can rescue them and they're off the island. <laughs> that's the four episodes, and that's the entire show. But in order for it to do that, the characters must change. And in sitcom, the characters don't change. Right. In, I'm going to go right. back to your, in your movie, well, no, no, did, it's okay. did Ditch change? Uh, not until the, real, the very end and then it's too late. Maybe not even then. I, that's what I think, not even then. I yeah. don't want to say what the end is. Maybe like a few Spoiler months alert. down the road he right. might. Right, 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 yeah. right. right. I, don't, I, I mean, he still wanted that. to eat that soup, so right. he could have changed right there. Right. Don't give any he more didn't away. get it. Don't give any more away. But let's not beat up on sitcoms just because they don't. Characters no, don't I'm change. just saying. For me, I'm saying that that I'm not. I'm not beating up on sitcoms. I'm just saying that there's a certain sitcoms to me. Certain sitcoms seem like that short form where it's like the, we're in a short form, uh, uh, short form improv where people are in it for the laughs and just to get a laugh out and let's and then and then walks away and nobody gets hurt. Nobody ever gets hurt. No. Where, where's the drama and no one getting ever getting hurt? Right. Except when you got old sitcoms like. Uh, all in the family. Right. Or honeymoons where you felt like Alice was going to get hurt in every show. <laughs> <laughs> you certainly did. You certainly did. And, and at the end it's like, baby, I love you. And she goes, oh, Ralph. And you go, really? She's, she's in danger. <laughs> and, you know, the relationship was Trixie and Ed. You know, it was like, that was like, oh, that's a cool relationship. I like those two people right there. Uh, well, do you, do you feel like, does he, do you feel like that it takes time to, I mean, do you feel like that without any danger, there's no substance, without, without, any, without anything being lost? If no one loses something, mm -hmm. so many movies, so many stories, there's nothing at TV stake. Not, are you saying that there's nothing that at people stake? People don't lose anything. Right. They, there's, they, you wonder, are they going to achieve their goal? And by the end, they achieved it. And then by, in that interim, they haven't lost a fucking leg or got their feelings hurt or got any, they haven't lost anything, which in real life, you don't earn a thing without losing something, right. I, I think. Even if it's just time. Even or relationships, too, because relationships go away based upon, you know, there's certain people that I don't talk to anymore, not because I don't like them, but we move on. And there's certain people that I think about and I go, oh, I really got to give that guy a call, um, but I'm kind of busy and I won't do that. But p things are lost. Yeah. And are, you, are you saying in sitcoms they're not lost or are you just saying in general? In I, I'd say in most movies, right. uh, 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 this sort of these formulaic sort of Hollywood things. Mm -hmm. No one, the hero never, not a hair out of place. 
That, again, like, going back to your movie. Go, did you ever see uh, Children of Men? Yes. All right. You remember? I mean, yes. That so yes. much happens to him. Like half the movie, he doesn't have a. a sh- he's missing a shoe. Right. If you look at Chinatown, and he loses part of his nose. Right. Last picture show, the hero's got this ugly eye patch. People are dying in, uh, and they shoot horses, don't they? You know, someone has a heart attack or dies or something like that, and you, we lose that character. There are some shows that are mostly dramas where somebody dies. Yeah. And, and um, but the hero doesn't. No, but who wants suffer to suffer enough? <laughs> I feel because I don't think anything that you any goal that you achieve, which always happens at the end of a movie, right? To achieve that goal, something you've got to get give up something. The movie Brazil. Yeah. That's a great example. <laughs> the movie Brazil because. What a fucked up universe he lived in. And I feel like there was everything at stake. I love that movie. And there's two different endings to that movie. One ending was a Hollywood ending. Yeah. And the other ending was the ending that he wanted to give that movie, which is just dour and death and dank and horrible. And it's like, that. I want to, that's a movie I love to see. Did you see the, um, the American, the George Clooney movie? No. Oh, man. I didn't. Was oh, it man. good? Oh, man. Oh, man. What was good about it? What did you like about it? It was, first off, it was very different. He played, he played an assassin in a, a Scandinavian-type country, I think, or maybe whatever it was. And it was brutal. It yeah. was fucking brutal. I, again, I don't want to give anything away. Yeah. But it was, there was, it was brutal. Well, I could give it away. Could I give it away? <laughs> I'm going to give it away. Um, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. You know, fast forward. I'm going to talk for 20 seconds on this. Um, and here it goes. And starting now. His girlfriend, he falls in love with someone and she dies. And then at the end of the movie, he dies. Fantastic. That's I just my kind of movie. Right. Right. And, and you go, what just happened? George Clooney? Died? 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 And 20 seconds up. Welcome back. Right. And to look at that and go, that happened? Huh. That happened. And what movies do you see that do that? But did you, so you, you, you self-financed your movie or? Yeah, mostly. There were two, there's like one a that Kickstarter. Was, but you had a Kickstarter that only had like $7,000 on it. That was the one. Wait, you did your movie for $7,000? No, for $14,000. <laughs> uh-huh. And seven of it was mine. Right. Seven of it was from Kickstarter. Uh-huh. And then we got... 5000 later to do the post. Uh-huh. So it was like $20,000. You did this fucking movie on 20000 Who did the yes. music? The music was great. Oh, the, that I know. It's just... Did you use people that you knew? Well, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. This Well, this guy I didn't know, though, is this German composer, Chris Walden. Mm-hmm. He lives in town. He, a friend of a friend, he said, I really like your movie. I, 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 I think this would be fun to do. Let me do it. I said, oh, great. I just thought he would go in a studio with his, with his uh, Casio keyboard <laughs> and do it. And he said, no, Eddie, I, I've been listening to this. And I, I think it really needs real musicians and real acoustic instruments. You had that. It there, needs was a, that. there was a bass that played underneath it. Did yeah. I get that right? Because I thought my neighbor was playing music really loud. Yeah, no. And I was like, no, it was the bass. stand-up bass. Yeah. And he's like, I, was like, I can't afford that. He said, well, we have to do it. I will, I will pay for it. And he got the best musicians. He got the, a guy who played guitar in the movie, played on Thriller, played on Off the Wall. Like these amazing older session guys played on the movie, played this great jazz stuff for free because he was so fucking nice. Well, he was also inspired by you. I guess so. <laughs> Why else would he do it? He was really inspired by know. you. You know? Uh, but you also had all those other guys, too. Were those Chicago guys? Those are all friends. Were they, they anybody from Chicago? Just Laura. Uh-huh. Just Laura. Everybody was from um, down south, New Orleans mostly. So there were actors living in New Orleans? or you Yeah. Knew them? They, uh, almost all of them lived here one time and uh-huh. then moved back to New Orleans. Uh-huh. And um, I knew them all from school. Like, they're all Soderbergh guys. Like, we all... We knew each other in, in Baton Rouge, and uh-huh. when we were all going to LSU, and and Soderbergh kind of cast all those guys, and, uh-huh. and me as well, just as 
think favors really. So when you say he cast you, did you know him from LSU Soderbergh? Yeah. So so we all did little movies with him. Got it. Schizopolis, we did with right. him. All of us did that. Right. And, and so there's that that group of Louisiana people is the same kind of group that we have with our Chicago people. Exactly. But you cross over into both those places. Right. Because they all moved to L.A. and mm. I moved to Chicago. Right. Because I wanted to be, <laughs> I don't know what I wanted. When I, did you move to Chicago? Oh, 86, 87. Uh-huh. That was a crazy time in Chicago. Did you think so? I thought so, too. I thought so. I mean, if you look at the theater that was done at that time. Yeah. The theater companies that were opening at that time. Yeah. I, I saw great theater there. That's right. why I moved there. Right. And I couldn't participate in any of it. Because I fucked up. I got my SAG card before I, I, I left. Uh-huh. I, how did you get your SAG card? From those movies? Um, I was in school. Um, Mark Taper Forum was doing this, this, um, this small show of Pinocchio. Uh-huh. And they cast me as Pinocchio. Uh-huh. They're like, do you want your SAG card? I said, yeah. Then I moved to Chicago. I had the SAG card. Not SAG. After, uh, equity. 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 Got it. Equity. And I couldn't do anything but equity. equity theater. Right. And no one would cast me because I was this oh. really young. Really small, had right. a huge nose, right. and all my friends were doing great Chicago, which <laughs> Chicago is known for right. theater, and I couldn't right. do any of it. It would be different now. Because and I would try, and I'd get caught, <laughs> <laughs> and I begged equity. I went to equity, and I begged them to let me just act. Let me act. I came here to act. Right. They said, no, you're, you're in equity now. You're a union man. Fuck you. What? That's crazy, because everybody wanted their equity card. <laughs> exactly. But... I, I did, that's why I left Chicago. I, that's why I quit acting to play music. I, I did one show every 15 months. I got so sick of being unengaged. Right. I'm like, and I'm going to start a band and I quit acting. Right. I remember that. that. The stupidest thing. And well, then, I remember everybody going, Eddie quit acting? Because I, I, I got shocking, sick of sitting Eddie. in my apartment. But it was, I, I understand that. But it was like people go... Oh, and I was stupid and well, idealistic. No, no, I'm not saying it was stupid at all. I'm, I'm saying, saying that. Well, okay, you can say that. But I'm not going to say that. <laughs> because when, when I remember that clearly where it's like, where people going, Eddie quit acting. Which is just... Because that was the first time I ever heard anybody wanting to do that. Yeah. And we were in our 30s, right? Yeah, I was, in, I was 30. Right. And I'd just gotten that commercial and that made me disgusted. And Right. I remember... And they... Boy, that was a that was that was when commercials were could buy you a house. Yeah, you know, I could have bought a house. But right, this is me. So this stupid. isn't everybody's phone. Um, right, right. You could have bought a house. And what'd you do instead? But I, but I said no. Right, right. And I got used to saying no. Right. And it became addictive. Mm-hmm. And so I just said no, no, no until I didn't act anymore. Right. So I did this band for, and that was fun. It was, it's, and I learned a that, lot, and I had to do it. But then it wasn't stupid, was it? Then that movie. Oh, I've learned so much. I mean, so much like now. Right. That I'm kids, you know, I got so much out of it. But, but and you still for play? a long time, I thought, what an idiot. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Why yeah, did yeah. I do that? I, 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 my whole family thought I was so crazy. But I, for me, I got to tell you, just looking at that, I was, I was, I thought it was an inspiring thing to do. I thought the idea that you could quit what it is that we're doing in order for you to do something else. The idea that you're an actor. But you also play music and you go, you know what, I'm going to check this out because I don't think anybody thought you were never going to come back. Yeah, well, it's not like I was needed, but yeah. But you I, also found a place that you, you, you were a coal miner in search of a, a coal mine and you left Chicago to come here where you were able to work because that's what, you know, you were able to work. That's a great way to put it. You know, that's actors, all actors are, right? They're just... They have this skill, and they just want a coal mine to, so they can start digging. <laughs> exactly. Because exactly. it's so fun to just do it, just to dig. That's kind of why I kind of think, actors for the longest time, I was like, ah, oh, they're scum. Actors are scummy people. What, what, while but you were they're an act- not. But they're... while you were an actor, you were thinking that. Yeah. I am a scum. I am a scummy person. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. I'm not making a judgment on your judgment on it. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, like we're all just one of the, we all have stars in our eyes. Right. We all want to be stars. Right. And how cheap is that way to live? And then, I, th- and then when I quit, I realized how noble most actors are. Right. That they, ju- that they, they, they embark on this, this hopeless endeavor simply because they like doing it. Right. 
and the Chicago actor kind of embodied that. Uh-huh. And now that, that I'm in LA, I see, I see the same impulse. People just want to, they don't want to be stars, they just want to work, play. Right. And I also think Not that work, they play. They play, but that's true, that's true too, but we also want to work as well. Yeah, and I, what I do, you know, for my, what I, what I make my living at, because uh, I separated myself from the industry, so what I make my living at is different than that, but it's still in that sense of play. But I think that what, what a lot of actors don't give themselves credit for is if I like selling insurance, I need to work in an insurance company. And what do I mean by that? Um, why should we as an actor not want, oh, if I want to be an insurance salesman, I got to work in an insurance company so that I can make money to be able to be a great insurance salesman. So if I'm an actor, why shouldn't I pursue to make a living at it? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. There's no shame in that. But I think that there's there's a, there's a perceived there's a misperception of balance of of balance. It's like oh, you're just playing. You're not acting. Or I'm sorry, you're just playing. You're not working. But you know what? Oh, I see. I see. I see. I'm working. You're working. I'm working to get work. Yeah. And sometimes I don't even know what I'm doing to work to get work. You <laughs> Wait, know what, I mean? what? I don't. Sometimes I go. Oh, you're offering them that job? Where did you come from? Oh, I saw you in this thing. Oh, you mean like, oh, in other words, um, jobs come from places you don't even know and in relationships that don't even... You have no idea. It's not that even it was, clear that... Right, and you have no boy, idea why that... True. Right. Why you got this gig. Right. That's so true. Isn't it? Yeah. Where somebody will see you and they, they'll just remember you and they might not hire you now. And you happen to be in the right mood and you happen to say the right thing and they happen to connect with them, and they're like, I need th that short guy with the big nose. Yeah, right, right. Or I need that voice for that voiceover. Yeah. Did you do voice, you've done voiceover. I did in Chicago, I haven't been able to here. Mm -hmm. I'm trying, but. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough I haven't been able nut to, to crack. Um, but I had somebody contact me the other day saying, Sci-Fi Channel, we're doing, a, we're doing a pilot for Sci-Fi, and we want you to uh, do a voice of an FBI agent. I'm like. Great. I have no idea who that person is. <laughs> really? No. We saw you at the blah blah show and it's like, okay. But that's what happens when you live in LA. Yeah. I think when you live in LA, and that's one of the great reasons to live in LA, you don't know who you're gonna talk to, you don't know who you're gonna hang out with, so you get somebody who is a session man on Thriller or Off the Wall, the German guy who you're like, where the fuck did you come from? And then suddenly you're, he's doing, soundtrack for your movie but does that I, I i'm with you i agree but does that also the other flip side is it also creates in me a great anxiety and in that i can't like chicago get a bagel and a coffee without some part of me always thinking oh, this could be an opportunity not that i'm gonna get but that i'm gonna blow i don't understand what you mean like Almost every person you meet, it's, it's, fraught, it's fraught with an opportunity to be hired mm -hmm. or not getting something that you, you, didn't, you could have gotten because you weren't the right way or something. But because you weren't the right way has nothing to do with you. Oh, no, I know, I know, but... but so there's nothing If fraught. you're trying to be yourself okay. and, and, and you know that everything you do could cause you to get hired, uh -huh. you st I stop being myself. I start trying to be my best self. <laughs> you don't do that? Uh, I found myself doing um, that, and then after a while I go, I really like who it is that I am, and if you don't like who well, it is that I am. Well, thank God. But, but, but I believe that you have been working, you, you have been able to keep creating for so long out here, and obviously you nailed it as well. Because if you didn't nail it, you would. If you were constantly trying to be your best self, people would see that facade and not hire you, or see that you're putting this thing up and not hire you. Well, that's kind of you to think that that I do all this work and stuff, but the, the, I wouldn't have made this movie if I was busy. I did. I made the King of Earrings because I didn't, I, I had to because I'm not. Same reason I quit the. Chicago and same reason I didn't do that commercial. It's like all because I've never felt engaged enough. 
not since college. Engaged enough means what? Uh, c constantly busy uh, working, creating, uh -huh. Uh -huh. ain't something. Uh, do you think your downtime is downtime? What do you mean? Do you think the time that you're not working, you're not working? Or are you working when you're not working? I'll explain. Please. Aren't you still creating while you're not working? I'll keep going. <laughs> <laughs> when you weren't working, you were still writing your movie even when you're not writing your movie because you're processing. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah, an yeah. actor sure, who yeah. keeps moving forward even though you're not in front of the camera. Yeah. You're still being creative even while you're standing in line for a bagel. You're still getting information because you don't stop being you. And in that you don't stop being you, you don't stop being that that artist that is constantly looking at things and going, oh, I'm, I'm paying attention to that, I'm paying attention to that, I'm getting that in. There's, there's a triangle and there's a bookstore and there's a lady that she's talking to that guy and there's this somebody- chicken getting, what, and there's, yeah, there's chicken, chicken man. man. Right, and there's chicken man. So like all those things, you may think that, you, one might think that they're not working but they're clearly working and what they're working on is the continuation here, the continuation of the creative process. Do you understand what I mean? I know exactly what you mean, and, and it's true, and, it, and it's great, and it's a curse as well. What's the curse? Oh, uh, uh, the curse part of it? Yeah. Because um, I don't know what the curse is. I, I, for me, I feel blessed in that I could keep working, and I could keep... Yeah, go ahead. I could keep teaching and performing and directing and while I'm doing that I'm still taking everything in I don't see any curse there a bit in being creative or whatever you think I don't know what you meant when you say the curse Unless what you mean you're I guess uh, I guess what I mean it, it also feels like a compulsion to be creative like that all the time a compulsion like like obsessive compulsive yeah like you're compelled to do this right and if you stop, um, how do you stop? If you do, if you, do you try. Stop? Well, my children—they want my attention, right? To do these things that, <laughs> and I have to stop because all that creativity is also so self-involved, right? You know. But is it? I mean, I could write children? songs forever. It can be. But can isn't be. playing with your children? Not, but isn't playing with your children part of your creative process? It can be, yeah. I, I also understand that not everything's like, oh, I'm going to use that, I'm going to do that, but it's like... But like when you try to go to sleep at night, like, do, do, do you have no trouble shutting your brain off a little bit? Never. <laughs> Never. No, but then again, I go to bed at 3 o'clock in the morning. Oh, do you? You know, for me, I go to bed at so 3 o'clock So you just exhaust yourself? Uh, what I do is I go, I guess I'm tired, and I go to bed, and then I'll read for about you know, 10 minutes, and then that'll be it. And I'll wake up in the morning at 7.30, and I'll go, here we go, let's start again. There's coffee to be drank, and there's internet to be looked at. While I was sleeping, they were making more internet. Three to seven. 30. I don't know how you do it. That, that's, that sounds great. I don't great. have kids. I don't have a partner here uh, in this place. Um, from, from midnight to three, mm -hmm. that odd time. Mm -hmm. Does it get weird? Does it get lonely? No, never ever gets lonely. Really? You dig that time? I dig the all of the time. Who are you? I have no idea who I am. <laughs> you are the chicken man. <laughs> what? Shut, shut up, shut up, shut up. I gotta edit that out. <laughs> hey everybody, I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> you're your own announcer. Shut up, shut up. You're, you're Jesus and, and John the Baptist at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I look at that and I go, I don't, I, uh, yeah, I... So there's no downside to being creative? I don't think that. I, I know, because I, for me, the idea of turning that off, the, the turning off is usually, how am I going to pay my bills? Which mm -hmm. I don't really have that either. Do you ever feel like this? Do you ever feel this anxiety? That you're not able to get it all down? Do you feel that? Yes. You write songs? Um, no, I just kind of beat the shit out of the guitar. But I don't write songs. Okay. Um, 
I do write things down where I'll have an idea, a thought, and I'll write that down. And, I'll, and, I, and I've been really good at learning how to use my iPhone to go, and then it records And it's such a relief to get it down, right? Oh my God, and once it's down, I get to look at it the next day. And my job is, when, uh, is to go in front of people and to expose them to the creative process. That's my job. So uh, my performing is now my teaching and my acting and my life is all that. Well, tell me this about the teaching. Mm-hmm. What, is that what you were meant to be? That's an awesome question. Yes. Because when I That's saw you, um, when I first saw you um, on that show that made such an impression on me. The Second that, City Show. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I was so uh, taken by you mm-hmm. and by the whole company, but by you. Mm-hmm. You were teaching then. You were uh, you were put in charge in small ways of what was going on. I could, you know what I mean. Whatever the exercise was, uh, oh. whether it was everyone's telling a story and you're drawing people Got out. Got it. Or, I was leading games. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. You were so. Uh, what I remember the most was how invested you were in uh, controlling that and drawing the best out of people. And I, maybe I'm making too much of it. No, but I, but it is honestly what I thought at the time. I thought, look at this guy. It's not about him. <laughs> it's about all of them, and that has always resonated with me. Anyway, I dig that, you know. Right. So, but but go for ahead. me, I feel like all those were was just me eating up those moments, going, look at these fuckers that are up here with. I cannot believe. I want you to talk now because I love what you're saying. I love what you're saying. And we are at, at when you're when you're at that level at Second City. You're at the top of your fucking game. Mm-hmm. And there's nobody at that moment that you're with in that moment who who you you don't want to be with anybody anybody but these people. Yeah. And when you're working, and you know, having done this movie, where you're going, I, I'm 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 here, but I'm not in charge. Do you know what I mean? Sure, for me, yeah. I'm letting everything, and the more you let all that stuff come at you, as opposed to you going, it has to be this, then everybody feels that they're important, and everybody feels that their voice is heard. And when everybody feels that their voice is heard, that work becomes so, it's so, there's such roots that are dug because everybody's digging roots. <laughs> yeah. Does that make sense? Totally. Mm-hmm. So, and as a teacher, it is your job to facilitate that and, and let people know. Tell me this, as a teacher, is it also your job to let people know that that is what's important? What is what's important? The group. Yes. Yes. My line is, I need you to tell me who I am. In an improv scene or any scene, I need you to tell me who I am. Your character of Ditch needs, what was your side? Gat. Gat, your character Ditch needs Gat to tell you who you are. For so that sure. one scene, especially that guy, right? And so in that scene in the back of the diner, in the back of Augie's, where he confesses this thing to you, mm-hmm. that's that that says who he is, mm-hmm. but it also says who you are. Mm-hmm. And you need him to say that thing so we can see who it is that you are, so that your character has an opinion, and then we're building it. Does that make sense? That's life, David. I mean, that's everyone needs people to tell them who they are. No one. Do you know what I mean? Ugh. If I if I don't have my my wife Laura telling me, I'm fantastic. <laughs> I'm not fantastic. Or that you're not no one fantastic. else is going to tell me. Right. Exactly. Or your kids to go. Where's daddy? Yeah. Where's daddy? And, yeah. And, and you're a daddy. And, and if, and if, uh, some Hollywood star doesn't have all these people telling them that they're the star. Right. They're nobody. Well, and that's what happens so quickly. And that's okay, I mean, we too. all need that, too. Yeah. It is okay. Because I would like to see some of these guys do other things. Yeah. Because when they don't do other things, it becomes sad. I would like for to see, I don't know if Burt Reynolds is still viable, but I'd love for it just to see him walk in, have a walk-on, and, a, and then be done. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, you're right. Everybody needs everybody to find them. Certainly in the work that we do and the fiction that we do. Because what happens if you don't? All right, let's say you and I are doing a scene mm-hmm. and you don't believe I need you to tell me. Like, no one told you that. Right. You're just, you're, this is our first time. You haven't learned anything. Right. But then what happens? You're doing all the telling? Are both of us ignorant? 
Yeah, we're both ignorant. We're both ignorant. <laughs> then it just then, then nobody gives a fuck because no because everybody's searching. Their egos are driving the scene as opposed. And to then their what's that look like? That that looks like two people on a first date who have no no reason for them to be just together. Talking them. <laughs> exactly. It's two people just trying to impress the other person. It's two people who are stuck in a seat together in a row together on an airplane. And not, none of them, and both of them are trying to impress the other person, which is what people normally do. Anyway. Is that the norm? I think, I think we wait, I, I think the majority of people who aren't in the listening process are waiting for the other guy to shut up so that they can tell the other guy how important they are. Well, that's life too. It is? I have no problem with it. Because I get to look at that and go, those aren't the people I want to be around, but I'll, I'll sit on an airplane with you. We have to. I do, and I do a lot. I do a lot. All right, let's end there. All right. That was really great. It uh, was wait, good. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Thank you. Today's episode was sponsored by GoDaddy. Thinking about starting a new website? GoDaddy is offering one new or transfer.com for just $1.99 for the first year. Go to GoDaddy.com and enter the code ADDCOMEDY at checkout or click on the GoDaddy banner on our website. ADDcomedy.com. Hello, ADD Comedy Podcast listeners. Dave Rosowski here. First off, thank you for listening. We really appreciate it. And second off, if you've ever wanted to take a class with me but thought, gosh, I don't think I'll ever be around where David is, know that you can now take the virtual class at iActing. Just check our website out, and there's a link there. Click on that link, and that will set you up. you got to do a little hunting, but I think that it's well worth it. We'll hear you in your ears. Bye. Thank you for listening to the ADD Comedy Podcast. For Dave Rosowski, I'm Ian Foley. For more information on ADD Comedy, you can visit our website at www.theaddcomedytour.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at ADD Comedy Pod. If you're in the Los Angeles area and you're interested in taking a class with Dave, you can find that information at his website at www.davidrosowski.com. Sound services for the ADD Comedy Podcast was brought to you by Post Apocalyptic.